Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Alex is back. Tell a friend, friend, friend. All right, we're going to get things started right after this. Stay tuned. His face in the sand, not the last mafioso. I'm a MC cop. Make it say go LL and do the what? If you think you cannot ride me, yeah, boy, I bet. Cause I ain't met a motherfucker who could do that yet. Trent said I'm better, but rhymes are good. I got a go name plate that says I wish you would. And when I begin, then I gotta join in. And before my rhyme is over, you know I'm a win. Cool J has arrived, so you better make way. Ask anybody in the crowd, they say the kid don't play. Noble and I just for my tongue Not a till of the hunt, I know I'm through the sun 
Welcome to the Alex B Podcast. It's been a fucking minute or two or three. I don't know. I don't know how, what the time has been, but I was just looking at the list of the um, podcast episodes, and November 3rd is the last time I got in front of this mic, and I'm like, wait a minute, man. It's fucking almost Thanksgiving. Now, I got the Rona like two and a half years later, two shots later, and I get the fucking coronavirus with the symptoms only lasting about three days or whatever, and I called off work, which... Obviously, I could have like lied and not told anybody and went in to work and got a bunch of motherfuckers sick, but I didn't. And it pains me. I never call into work. Anybody that knows me, even back when I worked in, I, the only time I've ever missed work like this, this is a true story. My buddy Anthony and I were just talking about this. A while back, a couple years ago, I went to CVS in New Palestine and I was getting a flu because I was like just exhausted and just like feeling like shit. So I went to get like an actual flu test. So they were doing the whole swab in the nose thing, kind of like they do with COVID. And true story, I fucking passed out in a fucking CVS. They called an ambulance to take me out of this CVS and take me to the hospital. And here I am going down like the greeting card aisle on a fucking stretcher. And they said, oh, you got exhaustion. You got this, this, and that or whatever. So I was in a hospital and it was supposed to be like the fireworks show for the casino or something, which ended up getting postponed because of weather so it actually worked out so literally i go to work i take rocket to the wheels fall off to a whole different level when it comes to work so it killed me a couple saturdays ago not to be at the track or the friday before but like here i am and when you have people that that have been healthy that are that are friends and family that have died of covid such as i you gotta take this shit seriously you don't, I don't debate about, you know, mask and I don't debate about vaccines and all this other bullshit. The only thing I could debate is I lost a lot of people, not a lot, but enough to take it seriously enough to, to follow the protocols and stuff uh, when one person gets sick. So here I am. It's rather to be safe than sorry because you just, you just don't know. You know, again, you, people could be like healthy all of a sudden, boom. And then, you know, you don't want to be on the other side of pushing up daisies. So here I am back again so again not going to debate the vaccines and debate this this and that or whatever because it's i don't have time for that i just got time to, to get better get back on the microphone the racing season has wrapped up so i got more time to devote to the podcast at least through uh, april of next year and there you go now i know you know i'm gonna have to talk about diddy right you know i have to I think everybody's talking about surviving Diddy, kind of like the whole R. Kelly thing. It needs to be Diddy be dodging. And I know everybody has heard the story, but again, you know me, going to throw my two cents in or maybe five cents when it's all said and done. Now it's on on the hot track. 
crack melt like it's hot wax Put it out, all the stores, bet you can shop that Leave a nigga with a hot hat Frontin' like bad boy ain't got tracks Nigga, stop that It's no guy slicker than this young fly nigga Nickel nine liquor, floss you die quicker <laughs> This bedtime, out of town pie flipper Turn Chris Dallas to a crooked eye sipper Everybody wanna be fast, see the cash Fuck around they weak staff, get a heat rash Anything a bad boy, way we smash Hundred G stash, push a bulletproof E-class I'm through with being a player and a baller Just want me one bad bitch so I can spoil her Mace wanna be the one you respect Even when you're vexed Rock Versace silks over still V-Max Got green, never seen So you suck my juice Clutch my ooze Anything I touch, I bruise Puff make his own law Nigga, fuck your rules That's right. Good fellas, you know you can't touch your dude Don't push us Cause we're close to the edge We're trying not to lose our heads <laughs> Broken glass everywhere If it ain't about no money, Puff, I just don't care I'm that good fella, fly guy Sometime wise guy Spend time at H-A-W-A-I-I Mace, can you please stop smoking la-la? Puff, why try? I'm a thug, I'm a die I be out in Jersey, puffin' Hershey Brothers ain't worthy to rock my derby Yo, I'm never drug-free When I'm in the club, G Though I know the thugs be wantin' to slug me Could it be I move as smooth as Bugsy? Or be at the bar with too much bubbly? Yo, I think it must be The girls wanna lust me Or is it simply the girls just love me? Brothers wanna rock my rolls Rock my clothes, rock my ice Pull out clock, stop my life I'm like, damn, how these niggas got that trust? Used to be my man, how you gon' plot on my wife. Do you think he snake me cause he hate me or he got a THD? Play ahead of the degree. <laughs> Can't nobody take my pride. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Can't nobody hold me down. Oh no. I got to keep on moving. Quit that. Uh -huh. You a big cat. Yeah. Where your chicks at? Yeah. Where your whips at? Where Wherever you get stacks, I'ma fix that. Everything that's big dreams, I did that. Don't knock me cause you're boring. I'm wrecking self soaring, straight touring. Simply a lot of men be wanting to hand me cause their words just don't offend me. We spend cheese in the West Indies, then come home to plenty cream Bentley. You name it, I could claim it. Young, black, and famous with money hanging out the anus. And when you need a hit, Who you going get? Bet against us? Nah, it's no bet. We make hits that'll rearrange your whole That's set. Right. And got a Benz that I ain't even drove yet. Don't push us, cause we're close to the edge. We're trying not to lose our heads. Just to feel it sometimes, they make me wonder why you wanna take us under. Why you wanna take us under? I get the feeling sometimes to make me wonder why you wanna take us under. Why you wanna take us under? Can't nobody take my pride. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Can't nobody hold me down. Oh no, I got to keep on moving. Can't nobody take my pride. Can't nobody hold me down. Oh no, I got to keep on moving. I'm telling you, if that song was ever a theme song for anybody, it would definitely be for Puff. Now, I've, I've talked about this on previous episodes as I've been lightly following some of his nonsense. Now, think about this. In, in the current setting, he really doesn't have any artist on, on the roster, on the bad boy label, you know, that can sell some records, maybe even get a Grammy or two. I'm not sure what the Sean John clothing line is doing. Now, I know, obviously, he still gets... Uh, a couple publishing dollars off uh, off of Biggie stuff or whatever. 
But man, this fucking dude in record time settles a lawsuit 24 hours later for reported $100 million. Now, anybody that's been paying attention to follow the bouncing ball, this uh, Keefe D guy in Vegas gets arrested for Tupac's murder. It has been no secret throughout the years that Diddy was behind it, and uh, this Keefe guy, whatever, has actually went on to say at one point, Puffy did pay to have this done. So his name's been brought up a couple times throughout the years. Okay? So... You have a lot of his former artists that were pissed off at him. Mace was probably one of the most vocal ones. Uh, Aubrey O'Day from uh, Danity Kane, amongst a host of others, about you know getting screwed over, getting ripped off. So what does he do? Keefe gets arrested in Vegas, right? So obviously, the heat's back on. Somebody's turned a stove on. It's not on full blast, but it's warming up. All right? I call it the stove of responsibility, for lack of a better term on a, on a quick notice. So what does he do? He's like, wait a minute. I think I'll give everybody their, their, their publishing back just because I'm a nice guy. No, no, it's not a nice guy. You just want anybody that might know a smidge of what you had to do with Tupac's murder to speak up. So, hey, check us out. You guys can have your publishing back. Just go ahead and sign these NDAs real quick. You can't say shit about me. You can't say shit about my mama. You can't say shit about Sony, you know, Arista Records, whoever. And I'll give you guys your publishing back. Now, I'm not sure what it's worth now. Uh, Aubrey O'Day has went on a couple interviews and said it's not worth shit now because it's just streaming royalties. Um, so she hasn't signed shit. So, and she's been very vocal. So mm, he, he hasn't got that one to, to be quiet yet. So that might still be a little thorn in his side, right? So he gives everybody their publishing back. He has this puffy day in New York. He releases this record. He does, you know, he's got this big, he gets this big performance on, I don't know, one of the award shows. It was BTMTB. Fuck, I don't know. Okay. Does all that shit. So now he's like king of the world. So, you know, let's go ahead and distract from the whole Tupac thing and let's go ahead and give the publishing back so everybody can play nice like Mary J. Blige and, and 112 and all the people that are still living that aren't dead. Uh, Okay, so he's got that part. So then now, Cassie, who was like one of his protégés for quite a while, files like this bombshell lawsuit, accuses him of like, you know, uh, of uh, of rape and accuses him of, of keeping her drugged up and all this other crazy stuff and beating her ass. Like, I mean, seriously, some serious allegations that makes R. Kelly look like a fucking, you know, like like a saint. He's like, oh, man, that shit didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. 24 hours later, he pays her $100 million. Now, obviously, with that kind of payday, she has to sign a pretty hefty NDA that does not disclose the terms. So she's quiet now. $100 million. Now, again, like I just mentioned, you don't have anybody on on the label that's really selling records like your previous roster. I'm not, I haven't seen a Sean John sweatshirt in a long, like, a while. So I'm not sure where his his revenue stream is coming from. The new album, eh, was okay. So, man, $100 million, that's a big chunk of money. Again, the, the, the official terms were not disclosed, but, you know, Radar Online reported that and a couple other reliable sources. And now everything's quiet again. Now, are people still going to look at him the same way as they did a couple years ago? Because he's always been underneath this cloud of suspicion when it comes to Pac, uh, there was the incident that happened when him and J-Lo and one of his uh, guys from the label Shine all got pulled over 
uh, you know, this truck got searched and there was coke that was found in the truck. He said it wasn't his. There was a gun that was found. It wasn't his. And Shine ended up going to jail for this, taking the rap. Puffy skates. J-Lo dumps him because she's like, man, fuck this. I'll go ahead and just hook up with fucking Ben Affleck or fucking A-Rod or somebody, somebody who's a little bit less menacing, for lack of a better term, and I'm good. $100 million, man. Cassie doesn't have to worry about recording or doing shit. Now, if anything happens to her, obviously we know something, Diddy got something to do with it. $100 million is a lot of money. If the stuff did happen like she's saying, I think it's horrendous on a more serious note. And she's not the only person that said he's been up to some shady shit because people used to say the same thing about Suge Knight, about some of his tactics regarding the record label and the artist and the interaction with people. And so there you go. $100 million. Cassie's going to be caught. You'll never hear from her again. Again, probably signed a pretty hefty NDA. And Diddy is, again, free. I mean, not free, but, you know, free from this. There's going to be other people coming forward because Aubrey O'Day, who's been very, very vocal about Puff, has said she will go on Netflix, Hulu, or whatever, and she has no problem spilling the tea. Now, I don't know how much tea she has because she wasn't involved with him as long as Cassie has been or Mace has been or 112 or any of those guys, Mary J. Blige, but she might know enough that he might have to write her a check, too. You know there's going to be a story, always, about OnlyFans when I do this podcast, right? It's always these teachers. It's always these people that have these mild-mannered jobs that get caught doing OnlyFans shit because they ain't making shit at their job. And teachers are the most underpaid professions out there. So everybody knows about this Missouri teacher, St. Clair, Missouri. She had an OnlyFans account, and she she got, she got outed. And I, I don't know why people act surprised because think about this. If you're a teacher or whatever, educator or whatever, and you get out of for having an OnlyFans, it's, it's free publicity because guess what? Your story's going to make the news. Your regular career pretty much is, is, is going to be tanked, but your porn career is going to fucking take off. So really, don't, I don't feel sorry for you because you just got free press across the nation. Uh, this teacher by the name of Brianna Coppage, all right, she was teaching in five years at uh, St. Clair High School for two years as an English teacher, and then her OnlyFans got discovered by school administrators, and she was put on leave, then she resigned. So she's like, I don't know how this happened because her face was not being shown, her face was blurred out. So basically, you know, if, if you know, she had a dick in her mouth or whatever, she was getting bugged, like you couldn't see, you couldn't see anything, it was blurred out. But she's telling folks now that she got busted because the only other person in the video was her husband and her husband's face was not blurred. That's how she got busted because, you know, her husband's like, fuck this, man. I'll go ahead and fucking show my shit. He didn't care. But she's saying if somebody recognized her husband in the video, then they connected the dots and figured out who she was. And that's how she got busted. So instead of Adam blaming Eve, Eve is blaming Adam. And <laughs> she's saying that's how she got busted. But, you know, she ain't mad. They said she's she's made like a shitload of money and paid off all of her debt, like marital, everything, like within a matter of months, her school loans, everything else is paid off. Now, will the success continue with OnlyFans? Because there's a lot of people out there, obviously, that's doing it. So I think, I don't know. I mean, I wish her luck. But, you know, she says, students were never meant to see this. I know people are saying, you taught high school. They're bound to find it at some point. She said, well, but I was faceless. She didn't use a real name. Well, nobody uses their real name. Duh. 
But her husband, they said, has lost his job building power lines because of the OnlyFans. Now, what is who gives a fuck, dude? It's not like her husband was going door to door selling fucking encyclopedias, but apparently he lost his gig. But again, now you're porn stars. So now the heat is on because now you got to keep up the content and everything else to keep the, the money coming in. She said she's already made a million dollars since the summer. Now, her teaching salary was $42,000 a year. Since the summer, she's already made a million dollars. In six months, she's already made forty-two. She's already made, she's paid. Now, if she would have started, let's say she wasn't a teacher and just started an OnlyFans just to start one, would she have made that much money? Probably not. But, you know, everybody hears, oh, man, this is teacher. It might be this hot teacher. Let's see what she's doing. All the people in the community, et cetera, et cetera. If she would have not been in the public eye like this or been outed and started OnlyFans, would she have made a million dollars since the summer? I doubt it. I doubt it. The press definitely helped with that. Associated Press, ABC, NBC, everybody else that reported on this because it was a nation, nationwide story. She got paid. She said she will miss her students and has grieved her career as a teacher, but she doesn't have any regrets. Hell no. You give me a million dollars? Since the summer, I could pay off all my debt? Fuck yeah. She said, if teachers are held to such a high standard, she wants to see them paid accordingly. She also told Fox News that she strongly believes people are allowed to have personal lives outside of their careers, which is also true, but it's not really personal. And the way I look at it this way, with an OnlyFans, I guess, you have to pay to see the content, right? So it's not like she was like, you know, posting videos on, on free sites or, or, or whatever. So you have to pay to see it. It's just like when people would say, oh, there, there's bad lyrics on the CD. They're, they're, they're saying this and that. If you don't buy the CD, you're not exposed to those lyrics. Like back in the day when they were trying to ban rap albums and, and put all these warning stickers and stuff on movies. If you're not watching it or tuning in or purchasing or downloading or whatever you're not exposed to it but she said she received 10 percent negativity and 90 percent are just saying leave her alone she's allowed to have a private life well it's not private anymore she's definitely paid i doubt she'll go back to to teaching anytime soon i'm sure some of her content's gonna have to have some whole hot teacher thing going on just to kind of keep the illusion up but nonetheless she's paid it's worked out for her and since we're talking about Missouri, here's a double dose of bad news for a woman in Baldwin, Missouri. Check this out. A Baldwin woman, her car was stolen, right? Then it was recovered. Then it was sold by the tow lot. Her car was stolen in St. Louis when the city tow lot admitted its mistake. However, it won't turn over the profits of the sale. How the fuck does that happen? How do you get your car stolen and then it gets recovered? And then the tow lot sold it. And the tow lot sold the car, and she doesn't get any of the money. Now, I guess the question is, the has the insurance company paid her? Because if the insurance company paid her, then she shouldn't get shit from the sale of the car. Now, if they didn't, boom. She bought a 2006 Pontiac G6. It was stolen within a week of her buying. See, that almost sounds kind of suspect, don't it? Her Pontiac G6 was stolen within a week of her buying it. She hadn't yet secured ins Ooh, okay. I didn't see this part. She hadn't yet secured insurance for the vehicle, 
When a car thief struck in South St. Louis this past May, one month later, her car was recovered and taken to the city's impound lot. And then she learned that the tow lot sold the car. A uh, city hall spokesman said the tow staff lot acknowledges this mistake and has taken corrective action with the employee. Fuck corrective action with the employee. Give me my fucking money. But listen to this. She said she bought the car for $3,000 and the tow lot said they allegedly sold it for six fifty. That's some bullshit. You know, goddamn well, they sold it for more than $650. I mean, I'm not saying they sold it for 3000 but it sounds like so, the, the math ain't mathing. She said they would try to get it back. They wouldn't try to get it back. In addition, she claims the toll lot informed her she did not deserve the profit from the sale. The employee said it was sold to a private owner and said, we can't tell you who it is. And that basically there was a tab of like $1,200 and that I was lucky that I wasn't getting charged for it sitting in their lot, she said. Sounds like the employee needs his or her ass whooped. City Hall spokesman responded that Addison would have to file a complaint through the Citizen Service Bureau to ask for the $650 from the tow lot sale. She did that six days ago and is still waiting for an answer. That's some bullshit, man. That's shady as fuck. And I'm sure this is not the only time this has happened. The tow lot has a specific set of protocols that must be followed prior to the sale of any vehicle in its possession, including verification of ownership regardless Regarding the Pontiac G6, the double verification process was not properly followed. To improve our internal processes, the division's policies have changed to ensure that every step in the double verification process will be taken to contact the current owners of stolen or towed vehicles. The city says the answer to Addison's claim on her car should come in the form of a letter in the mail after the city's legal department examines the matter. Man, now fuck all that, man. Y'all robbed this lady. You sold a car that you shouldn't have. You say this bullshit, the corrective action was taken with the employee. And you guys, you guys ganked her. She got ganked twice. But who buys a car and doesn't have insurance like set up right then and there? Mm-mm. Now, what kind of country do we live in where people are going to try to break in to an unmarked secret service vehicle in the nation's capital? Secret service agents protecting President Biden's granddaughter open fire after three people tried to break into an unmarked secret service and the people didn't get caught you're supposed to be the secret service you're supposed to protect the president and all the other important people in government and somebody's trying to break into your ride and you couldn't catch them or kill them uh the agents assigned to protect naomi biden were out with her in georgetown neighborhood uh, a couple sundays ago when they saw three people breaking a window of the park an unoccupied SUV. The official said the official could not discuss the details of the investigation publicly. Um, <laughs> wow, man. Come on. Three people were seen fleeing in a red car. The Secret Service said it put out a regional bulletin to the Metropolitan Police to be on the lookout for it. Washington has seen a significant rise in number of carjackings and theft this year. Police have reported more than 750 carjackings this year and more than 6,000 reports of stolen vehicles in the district. You're going to try to, first of all, these SUVs, I know they're marked. I mean, they're not marked, but they're like unmarked. But you pretty much know what a Secret Service SUV looks like. It's all black. It's got government plates on it, I, I think. I've never been that close to one. But you're trying to tell me the Secret Service could not catch somebody busting out windows to their ride? And y'all are supposed to be protecting the president and, again, elected officials, important people, et cetera, et cetera. Man, 
Man, that's not safe. That's not safe.
Welcome back to the Alex B Podcast. I am he, and it's almost Thanksgiving. I'm recording this thing on Tuesday, so I don't know when you're going to listen to it. Maybe you're listening to it today, Tuesday. Maybe you're listening to it, I don't know when, but happy early Thanksgiving. And remember, devil eggs are not made with fucking Miracle Whip. They're made with mayo. A little bit of paprika, no onions, none of that funky shit, celery, just fucking just the mayo. The egg. And I missed that because of Thanksgiving real quick. My sister, God rest her soul, used to make double eggs. And I'd have my own tray. Like, I love the fuck out of some double eggs. And I know there's plenty of memes out there that, that reflect other people that are fans of double eggs, such as I. But man, you give me some double eggs, fuck, man. Fuck that turkey. Everything else, man. You give me some double eggs, man. It's on like Donkey Kong. Anyway. All right. Listen to this. I have not been to the movies since before COVID, like inside a movie theater or whatever. But I guess there's a movie out. And I don't know. I guess it's been out. I don't know. Called Five Nights at Freddy's. Now, at first, I thought it was like, okay, Five Nights at Freddy's, like, you know, the hamburger joint. I'm like, well, fuck, that'd be cool. Five Nights, all the food you can eat, I'm in. No, I guess it's a horror movie. That's based on murderous animatronic characters, like I guess like what Chuck E. Cheese has. So it's kind of like scaring the shit out of people. So now, in light of that, now you ready for this? Now this just shows you how like we're fucked in a woke society and all this other nonsense. This is a movie. This movie is fictional. It didn't say Five Nights at Chuck E. Cheese. It said Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a, it's a fictional movie, but... Now Chuck E. Cheese is removing its animatronic bands at all locations. The announcement comes after three weeks after they released that Five Nights at Freddy's movie based on popular video game, which follows a security ground security guard who must survive five nights in a Chuck E. Cheese-inspired restaurant while animatronic characters come alive and try to kill him. First of all, you guys need to install some fucking metal detectors at Chuck E. Cheese or a boxing ring. Okay, I, I'd be more scared about getting my ass whipped by another parent or being in the middle of a fucking brawl or a shooting or some shit. Any, everybody who's been on the net has seen that shit. Y'all need to worry about how to fix that. Okay? The fighting and all this shit. Not, oh my God, we saw some scary some scary characters in a movie. We better like sit there and change our restaurants around. No, man, get your restaurants in order first, man. Stop people from fucking these places up. Then we can talk about scary animatronic animals in movies, for fuck's sake. Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid can be a kid. I know everybody's getting ready for Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be like a busy travel holiday for a lot of people to take to the road and to the skies or whatever to go see their loved ones, family, friends, etc., etc. But don't fuck up on an airplane. I don't want to be reading those stories. But this is a story about fucking up on an airplane that finally, if I could read like one of these a week, based on previous stories I've reported on, I'd be fucking gold. A woman from Hawaii was ordered to pay nearly $40,000 to American Airlines for causing a disruption on a flight last year. Kayla Ferris, age 29, was sentenced to 3.6 months in prison. I agree. Followed by three years of supervised probation. I agree. In addition to paying $38,000, $38,952 in restitution to the airline. Yes, there needs to be more of this. I want to read more stories. I want to know the outcomes. We always hear the stories about the meltdowns and the fights and the rerouting of the planes, but I want to know the punishment. The release states that Ferris used profanity and threatened the flight crew and passengers on board during a flight from Phoenix to Honolulu. 
Honolulu, I think I said that right anyway, on February 13th of 2022, the crew was unable to continue their duties as a result of the disturbance and the captain chose to return to Phoenix Air. Is that right? I don't know why he even said it like that. As a result, several other flights had to be rerouted to Hawaii. So as part of her condition, I guess, she will not see this is where I disagree. I think she should be put on a no-fly list, period. She should never be allowed to fly again, in my opinion. Anyway, she will not be permitted to travel by commercial aircraft without prior approval during her probation. Nah, man. Nah. I, I think that needs to be stricter. I think anybody that causes not only panic and fear to the people that are on the plane, but the delays and everything else, I think it should be on a no-fly list, personally. Unruly passengers on flights have been ordered to pay even larger fines, according to People Magazine. Listen to this shit, man. A passenger aboard a July 2021 American Airline flight from Dallas-Fort Worth to Charlotte was fined $81,000 by the FAA. The largest fine in history, the woman had allegedly pushed a flight attendant and attempted to open a cabin door. Now, we all know this chick's going to file bank. You, they're never going to see that eighty-one grand. Now, I don't know if she can't fly or whatever the deal is or whatever. $81,000 for pushing a flight attendant and attempting to open the cabin door. Also, the issue... This is another female uh, fucking... Man, y'all women are fucking up on these airplanes, man. What the fuck, man? The FAA also issued a $77,000 fine to another female passenger who, while flying on July 16th of 2021, on Delta Airlines fly from Las Vegas to Atlanta, quotes attempted to hug and kiss the passenger seated next to her, walked to the front of the aircraft to try to exit during flight, refused to return to her seat, and bit another passenger multiple times. I'd have to say... (laughs) I mean, what does she look like, I guess? We can look at the first part of this and see how really serious that is. 77... Man, that's a lot of money, man. 77 grand. You all ain't going to get that. Uh, anyway, the U.S. Transportation Secretary uh, said back in 2022, if you're on an airplane, don't be a jerk and don't endanger the flight crews and fellow passengers. If you do, you'll be fined by the FAA. Again, I think there needs to be stricter laws. Okay? I just think they're, you know, they're, no fly list. That'll solve a lot of things. If you told people, hey, man, you fuck up, you can never fly to your destination again, and they don't want to drive or something, guess what? I think that's, I think that's, I think it's fair. You know, I mean, 77000 that's a lot of money. You know what's a lot of money? $1.35 billion in that Mega Millions jackpot back in January. I know you guys remember this, right? $1.3 billion. This guy went back in January. He's now, he's from Maine, by the way. He is now suing his baby mama for violating a non-disclosure agreement by blabbing about the windfall to his parents. <laughs> I do the same. I wouldn't tell. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't know who I would tell if I want that kind of money. I would say I want some money. I maybe be sending some like anonymous like money orders and shit. But I I don't know. The lucky winner, who still remains anonymous, swore the mother of his daughter to secrecy in a non-disclosure agreement (NDA) that required her to keep her mouth shut for almost ten years, according because he's figures of ten years he's gonna be gone or something. According to a main federal lawsuit last Tuesday, but despite the agreement, the baby daddy who filed suit under the name John Doe discovered in September, this past September, that the woman spilled the beans without his permission ahead of time and then tried to keep her flub from him 
the filing alleges the lottery winner wants a judge to force the woman whose identity was kept under wraps as well by using the name Sarah Smith to fess up in writing about all the people she told and he wants $100,000 for every time that she blurted. Okay, first of all, motherfucker, you got like a billion dollars. You know that broad ain't got a, unless you gave her some money or she's entitled to half. He says he wants $100,000 for every time she blabbed. First of all, who the fuck's going to tell the truth on that? Let's be, let's be serious on that. And you just want all this money? It would help protect Doe, Smith, and their daughter from irreplaceable harm of allowing the media or the other public in general to discover his identity, the suit claims. Uh, though the NDA required her to stay quiet through June 1st of 2032, Smith told Doe's father and stepmother in a phone call about his win and now other third parties, including his sister, about the winnings. Man, you don't tell because God knows I've doled out enough fucking money not winning a goddamn lottery. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, mm-mm. As a result of the defendant's unauthorized disclosures, John Doe has suffered irreparable injury. No, your phone's probably fucking blowing up for motherfuckers that want money from you. I don't think it's irreplaceable injury. I don't know how you can prove that. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the, the uh, numbers were drawn back on January 14th at a place called Hometown Gas and Grill in Lebanon, and the jackpot was the fourth largest in history. The man took over a month to come forward about the winnings, and he basically claimed them through a LLC called Lacoma Island Investments, which is smart. You do the same thing, man. You don't tell motherfuckers that it's you. You come up with an LLC, some kind of shell. Trust me, I know plenty of people that can give you advice on that. That ain't doing shit now that can tell you how to. Anyway, he collected the money in one lump sum. So he basically, the, the lottery was like, hold on, let me. I need to look back at my notes here. So the prize was $1.3 billion. Okay, that was the prize. He took a lump sum after taxes, got $498 million after taxes instead of taking like, you know, the, the, the payments and all that kind of other bullshit, man. So that's kind of crazy. Making your baby mama, <coughs> making your, that's crazy, man. Making your baby mama sign an NDA so your family doesn't know. I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, let's make a run for the border or HR. Listen to this shit, man. True story. This is via the New York Post. A Christmas party at a Los Angeles area Taco Bell descended into alcohol-fueled debauchery that included staffers at the fast food restaurant having three-way sex romps in full view of others. All right. You know, people like to be watched or watched, whatever. Uh, as well as intoxicated revelers vomiting in a bowl of guacamole, according to the lawsuit. A uh, girl by the name of Alana Betcham filed a suit against Taco Bell and a Colorado-based franchise earlier this week, alleging she was forced to quit her job as a cashier at the fast food restaurant after she reported the incident to HR. I really didn't think like fast food restaurants had that big of a deep of an HR department. Anyway, the lawsuit does not specify how much she is seeking in damages. She alleged in the complaint that she and her sister and her sister's significant other attended a Christmas party. Now, this should happen last year. December. Motherfucker, you're going to wait almost a year to file. What, because your career got tanked at Taco from? Okay. I, I don't get it, but whatever. She was invited to the party by her supervisor, uh, who's named in the complaint filed in uh, this past Wednesday in Los Angeles Superior Court. According to the complaint, she and other staffers were encouraged to bring food in a potluck-style buffet to the restaurant located on South Gaffey Street in San Pedro, California. 
She prepared a, qual- a bowl of guacamole for the occasion, arrived at the party, and discovered that the boss had covered the windows of the restaurant with wrapping paper. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to hide. Make it look like the windows are, you know, wrapping, you know, like, you know, gift boxes. In the meantime, y'all are fucking up on the other side. Mm-hmm. She also covered the cameras in the lobby inside the restaurant. Oh, yeah. It ain't a party till the security cameras get dismantled. Or the DVR fails to work. Depends on where the fuck you are. Anyway, the complaint accuses uh, Ruiz, the uh, store manager, of providing alcohol to the staffers. Okay. Several of whom were overserved. It was alleged around midnight. Uh, Betcham, who had been socializing outside the restaurant for a short while, walked back into the restaurant and witnessed a co-worker having sex with his wife in front of everyone at the party. Yeah. Banging the old lady. Got a little audience. Fucking freaks, man. The co-worker's wife was, quote-unquote, bent over and kissing both Ruiz and another co-worker. So, so her husband was banging her, then she was kissing the manager another co Oh, man. Y'all freaks. Betram, who was shocked and disgusted and outraged by what she saw and ran outside. When she went back inside the restaurant to retrieve her guacamole bowl, she saw um, the manager and another person throwing up in the bowl of guacamole. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. Again, uh, one of them vomited in the trash while the other threw up in the guacamole bowl. Days later, Betram reported the incident to the Human Resources Department as well as to the Alvarado Restaurant Group, the Colorado-based franchisee that owns and operates that location. After a company investigation, Ruiz and the other co-workers involved in the alleged sex romp were fired. Man. Talk about serving up talk. Never mind. See, there's so many fucking jokes there. After their termination... Quote, someone associated with Ruiz, the manager, and co-workers retaliated against her by smashing out her back left window of her car at her home in the middle of the night. It was alleged in a complaint. But how do you know it was them? They leave you a note? Like, hey, bitch, thanks for ratting us out. Pow. Doubt it. Uh, she then is to receive numerous threatening text messages, including one from a female co-worker, which read, quote, baby girl, I want to break your face. I don't give a fuck about your car. Man... Boy, a male coworker is alleged to have texted her insults, calling her stupid and fucked up and a hoe and a slut. But yet she wasn't the one getting bent over and fucked on the counter like the whatever. Uh, she also reported the incidents to the Los Angeles Police Department, as well as to her supervisors at Taco Bell. She said the uh, in her complaint, Taco Bell and the franchisee did nothing about these threats and instead told her they were transferring her to a new location rather than disciplining the employees who threatened her. Now, first of all, nobody would come out and say that. They would just say they're going to transfer you. They're not going to admit fault. On Christmas Eve, again, of last year, she felt so overcome with significant stress, physical and mental illness, and anxiety from the hostile work environment. She had no other choice but to inform her boss that she was quitting. Uh, Betcham says she has suffered actual consequential and incidental financial losses and that with her constructive termination violated anti-discrimination laws. Man, I see. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about all this. Again, I'm not I'm not defending either or or whatever. But, but, yeah, I don't know if I'm buying. I don't know if I'm buying what uh, what she's selling. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Alex B. Podcast. Thanks for listening and tuning in. I'm going to do another one this week before Black Friday because I know a lot of times people get up early, right? They want to go Black Friday shopping, and I try to put out a mix that you can listen to in your car or whatever, kind of gets you motivated to fight with other people over a fucking flat-screen TV that's probably a beef stock anyway and ain't worth a shit. Yeah, I said it. 
Anyway, uh, social media pages, man, get at me. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, sometimes TikTok. And because uh, a lot of times I need a visual to accompany my dialogue. And that's the way to do it on social media. Have yourselves a great Tuesday. And uh, I know I'm going to try. I'm not going to promise because every time I promise, I fucking, I'm proven to be a liar. I'm going to try to get an episode out before Thanksgiving. If I don't, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And you will talk, I should say, and you will hear from me soon. Thanks. I'm out.